classic 80s metal. Symphonic death metal opera. But I've got to be in the mood to listen to Black Sabbath. Many of our listeners weren't even born then. Back for its time, it was very progressive. I can see there are thrash elements. You are a metal paradox. A stunning vision of death metal. I would listen to it over and over and over again today. It just seems so dated. I hear this more as operatic and goth. Florianson will surpass Halford as the iconic heavy metal singer. You're listening to The Great Metal Debate Podcast. Welcome back, metal fans. It's the Great Metal Debate Podcast, episode 55, where we talk all things metal and only things metal. This is your host, Gone Thog. I'm joined again by my co-host, Brian. It has been a while. I actually have some good metal stuff to talk about this time. I'm excited. We were joined last time by punk aficionado Randy Thrashover, and he caused quite the stir on the podcast. I liked Randy. I thought he was probably a very studly kind of guy. I, I appreciated his humor, his intellect, and basically his all-around goodness. Well, man, I assume part of what you've got to talk about is a show that we went to together. We don't get a chance to do that very often anymore. Oh, dude, I had a blast down in Birmingham, Alabama, watching some great bands. I'm excited to talk about it. We took the trip from here in western Kentucky down to Birmingham going to the Nick in Birmingham, a venue I'd never been to. I'd never been to a metal show in the state of Alabama before. I have to tell you, that's the hardest damn venue I've ever had to try to find. But once we got there, it was awesome. It was a little tricky, wasn't it, man? It was. We saw a lot of Birmingham before we found the Nick. It was not a straightforward route (laughs) to get to and from the Nick. And neither was the Nick the largest venue I've been to. It was not. Yeah, I almost fell over the sound booth. That's how close it was. But it was exciting for me. I was very much looking forward to seeing a band that I thought had the best metal album of 2017, which was Seven Spires, as well as new friends of the podcast Hate Storm Annihilation and local openers Inviolate. You know what, dude? I'm going to give you credit where credit is due, man. Seven Spires, I'm converted fully. Yeah, they were excellent. It was a good show there at the Nick. Again, starting with Atlanta Band in Violet. A very creative take. A metal front person who's also a belly dancer. I have to appreciate holding a sword and can sing metal. They were all very nice lady and gentleman in the band. And uh, I thought gave a very energetic performance. Their musical style, a little more on the American metal side for my taste, but super nice people and, again, great performance and energy. You know, they have a a definite style that's metal. I would definitely say it's an American spin on metal, but I love the presentation. They were all great people, and I liked a lot of the music. And then Hate Storm Annihilation, we've already got our interview with those guys up on SoundCloud and YouTube a very intense trio of musicians, <laughs> yes. and man, they brought the extreme metal in an extreme musicianship. Dude, it was like 500 beats per minute from the introduction to the end. It was an intense show. They're a band that lives and dies by the intensity of the metal they present, and hands down, the best metal quote I've heard in years from their drummer. 
And he was saying, you know, he's a purist and that he believes that there's only one bass drum in a, in a metal band. And he watched John Longstreth play. And his quote was this. And then I talked to John, and he explained to me, and then I watched him play, and I shit my pants, and then I drum with two drums. I mean, that's the greatest metal quote ever. I love it, man. What struck me about that band was just how genuine they were. Like, they really loved their music. They were kind of open to, like, not everybody's into their brand of extreme death metal. When you saw them perform, they took it dead seriously. Watching the lead guitarist and, and vocalist warm up, he was playing shredding riffs from the time he walked on stage to the time he walked off. They're from the Berkeley College of Music, and that's how they met some of the other band members. And it's obvious the talent that they have. Great musicianship. It was just an intense experience from the word go with these guys. I stood there somewhat mesmerized by their performance, man. And I'll be interested to hear their new album that they're working on. Those songs just keep beating you over the head with the metal. You know, they do. They had an interesting take on their first album, and they they didn't like it. I loved that album. I thought it was great. And I guess that just goes to show that how I don't appreciate the technicalities that go into intense, extreme, progressive death metal. They hear the delicacies that go into an album, and I just hear the metal of it. And then the headliner was Seven Spires, a blend of power metal, black metal, and Disney music magic. We've had Adrian Cowan on the podcast talking after their performance at Prog Power USA and to finally get to see them live. And that's one of the joys that I have to get to talk with a musician and interview them over the phone or Skype and then later to get to catch them out on the road and meet them and see them perform. That was killer. I thought their performance was excellent. There weren't a lot of people there, honestly. It was a small venue. But I thought they still provided that same presentation that they would have if there had been 500 people there. And I just walked away incredibly impressed by Adrian, Jack, and the others in Seven Spires. They played a great show if I'm the only one there, man. It was freaking awesome. Jack Costo, I, I can't tell you how impressed I was with his guitar playing. And Adrian Cowan was not a disappointment. I'm obviously opposed to anything that you talk about with metal. But i got to tell you, man. After watching this show, I am a Seven Spires fan, and I will go back and review everything that they've ever done because they converted me. Hearing her on the record, I was curious to see live how she pulled off the cleans versus the harsh, really a black metal shriek that she had. Her education at Berklee School of Music, that classical training obviously came through because you could just tell she was well-trained to pull off those vocal maneuvers in ways that I haven't seen some other vocalists do, even vocalists I really like. She knew technically what she was doing, just like the other musicians did with their instruments. She would do these these regular vocals and sing, and then she would scream, and then there was this moment where she would growl and get these wide eyes, and I was reminded of Phil Anselmo when he would get like right, just going off, you know? She was obviously all about the metal. Except... She didn't sound like shit like Phil did. <laughs> man, Phil was great, man. Phil, I was, Phil, I was scared Phil brought when Phil energy. That's what I, I've seen Pantera three times. Pantera has lots of energy. Phil has energy, but his vocals are shit. Well, oh, but, you know, he's not there for his great singing ability. He's there because 
He's a freaking metal vocalist. Whatever. You, what the fuck do you know, man? You don't know that shit. All right. Well, I know I enjoyed all those bands, including the band from Atlanta, Inviolate. We're going to listen to a track off their latest album, 2017, The Insomniac's Dream. This is Broken Cycle.
Atlanta conglomerate Inviolate with Broken Cycle from their album, The Insomniac Dream, one of the bands we saw in Birmingham. If I'm not mistaken, they opened with the song. It was an amazing set. Love this band. So, Brian, recently the metal community was shocked by the passing of Vinnie Paul, who is the drummer from groove metal legends Pantera. I wanted to talk about it, Brian, not so much about the passing, which that's always sad. Certainly condolences to his family and friends from everything I saw online. Super nice guy. Obviously, I can't question that Pantera has been very influential in the past, but I would take issue with some of the response and just what's the real fallout from this for basically the passing of a dated rocker whose time had passed. How can you say that? It's, it's not insensitive. It's just fucking stupid. You ever heard of the band called Hell Yeah? My response to this was that he's a drummer for several great metal bands. He didn't stop when Phil left. He didn't stop when his brother died. He kept going. This is a guy who appreciates what it means to be metal your entire life. Yeah, I would say hell no, because I just think maybe they should have stopped after Pantera because the legend and talk about Pantera maybe actually has surpassed the the real music accomplishments of that band. How can you if you don't recognize the intensity with which Pantera influenced the metal genre, you have I can't I can't put credence in anything you say. That's the most ridiculous statement you've made on this podcast. That's I mean, how can you say that Vinnie Paul, Pantera, Phil, Dimebag did not completely change the genre. Cowboys from Hell was revolutionary. I can say that easily, man. They didn't completely change heavy metal. They did some creative things. Oh, my God. The amount of creativity has been somewhat overblown. This is good. I'm glad the real Gom Thug is coming out. Pantera is representative of what has become, in my opinion, pretty uninteresting brand of American metal that has tended to regurgitate Pantera-like sounds over and over, and that generally I don't have much interest in. A brand of American metal that has been somewhat cut off from the continued positive creative influences over in Europe. God forbid anybody have any sort of success or be good at something that they do, they have to move on. They have to grow as an artist. That's just bullshit. Of course I want artists to do something new. Of course I want bands to grow and develop. Of course I want to hear not just the same boring crap over and over again. It was Pantera not boring was when you fine. it the first time. Pantera was fine. Vinnie Paul was fine. I do think your statement that Pantera... I, I want to get it right. What did you say? Revolutionized metal? Absolutely. Changed the whole genre? Absolutely. Is total BS. Oh, my what, God. How did they revolutionize power metal? With the different What, imp- sound, what impact did they have in black metal? Look their first album versus their second album and how what, they changed. How, I, again, I think they had a limited oh influence. Oh, my God. They're listed on every freaking influence, on every freaking album cover you can imagine in metal. What doom metal band credits Pantera with revolutionizing their sound? They had influence, 
but it's way overblown. And American so-called metal fans overstate their influence because some of them are really ignorant, and I don't think they've heard any metal bands other than Pantera. Oh, and a few American thrash bands. Just douchebag, you pretentious metal dick! I can't believe you're saying that stuff. That you somehow question their intelligence or their capability as metal fans. Oh my God! It must be nice to be always arrogant and right. It's good to be right sometimes, which apparently is more often than you are, dude. Oh, because my God. your contention about Pantera is completely off. Okay, Mister, I don't care that a great metal icon died. You have no emotions about your past whatsoever. I recognize Pantera for what they were, uh, a band who provided a little new nuance but whose influence is way overstated generally, especially here in the States. Listen, I'll just end with this statement. You don't deserve to be called a metal fan. Brian, I went to see a show in Bowling Green, Kentucky recently with a band who probably would take your side of this argument. Uh I'm talking about Bowling Green Act, Grandshaw. Off their new EP, Bloody Hands, Clear Conscience, here is The Reckoning. Did you ever think a problem would amount 
Well, I reckon that is one of the best metal bands we've had on the podcast in a long time, man. I love this band. I was headbanging to this shit, and I'm going to listen to this album, believe you me. I, I really like Grandshaw and The Reckoning. As you may be aware, every week on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we post a question of the week for metal fans. And we got a lot of feedback to a recent question, which was, What's the worst behavior you've seen from a metal fan? And it struck me, Brian, that fans have seen a lot of bad behavior because there was no shortage of response to that particular question. (laughs) My favorite answer to that question was the uh, guy that said he saw one of his fans buy a pair of underwear and wear them on his head the whole night. (laughs) I just think that was freaking hilarious. I mean, I've seen a lot of bad behavior at a lot of different concerts, man. I mean, well, what's the worst you saw? What, what would you What would you say? The worst thing I've seen is, I mean, honestly, and it's, it's kind of disgusting, like groping of ladies in the crowd. I've I've seen that happen, unfortunately, more than one time, and that's obviously beyond the pale, disgusting. It it struck me that there was kind of two levels of responses. <coughs> there were responses about. Worst behaviors as far as just odd and deviant and weird things people did. Yeah. And then just violent or disgusting things, you know, crowd killing. Right. I think most metal fans respond in some disgust to that because I think generally, and we might get into it a little bit here, the mindset of the metal fan, as far as the fan experience in the crowd, is maybe different than that for other extreme genres. I mean, you've got two different responses. Stillman, Jonathan Stillman talked about, you know, a guy crowd surfing and gets on stage in between the buried and me, and he tries to take a selfie. He gets pissed because somebody interrupts the music. That is a definite music fan. And then you got the guy on there that also talks about somebody yelling effing Slayer the whole time that somebody else is playing. And so it's a definite different disturbance. So, I mean, I definitely hear what you're talking about with the two different kinds of disturbances that there are. You know, I once saw a guy stand up at a Twisted Sister concert to flip off the band because Dee Snyder was trying to get everybody to stand up, and he flipped over the rail and broke his leg. That was actually a guy that I knew from high school. Stuff like that. Some bands have talked to me about racial epithets. Yeah, yeah. No place for that, obviously. Yeah. To me, the interesting thing is behavior that's in between. Maybe somebody's had a few too many drinks, and they're not intending to bump into people, yeah. but that influences their behavior drugs and alcohol can have an effect on fans behavior right well you know i mean like i'll be also there's the obvious throwing things on stage i once saw ted nugent stop a concert and threaten to whoop a dude's ass if he threw stuff up again you know he didn't get the crowd he was like bring that mother to me and i mean that's just uncalled for you know it interrupts the show it's not funny i'm sure that he tells that story proudly to the rest of the dicks that he hangs out with but it's just there's no place in it for at a show I'd be curious, Brian, to hear that more from musicians, especially musicians who have a lot of tour experience, what their take is. From the perspective of the musician on stage, what's the worst behavior? And maybe it's not even on stage. I would be curious what they think about behavior of fans before and after the show. What's the right balance between a fan their interaction with a musician. You want to reach out to those people, you admire them, you bought their music, but you've made the point that doesn't entitle you to think you're their best friend. Right, yeah. And so what's the right balance? And I'd be curious from musicians, 
what they say as far as when is it cool for fans to insert themselves in the musicians' lives and when should they back off? Because I'm sure from the musician's point of view, like I've given it to you on stage, maybe I met you at the at the merch booth. There has to be a point where like the fan who loves the band has got to step away. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you don't want to be that fan that gloms on after the show and just hogs their time and gives them personal stories. And the band's obviously there being polite and kind and trying to, you know, not be dicks about it. And I would, be, I would be interested in this also. What's the opposite side of that coin? What's the worst behavior you've seen from a band on and off stage towards the fans? Brian, we're going to finish up our music this evening with a song that I know you're going to enjoy because I know you love power metal. Oh, yeah. Well, we have some power metal. <laughs> we have some power metal, Brian. Maryland power metal quartet, Burning Shadows. This song off their Truth and Legend album from 2017. We're listening to The South Wind.
Usually when I'm talking about a Southwind, I've had too many burritos to eat. But I love this song, dude. I mean, the guitar playing is amazing. We love the power metal here on the Great Metal Debate. Brian, beyond this song, what albums and bands have you been listening to or would recommend to our listeners? Dude, I actually picked out an album and, and, and a band that you might like, and that's Ancient Empire with the 2017 album The Tower. Great musicianship. It has an 80s sound in a 2010s attitude, and uh, I got excited about it. What about you? What's something you've been listening to? I've been overwhelmed by the new Atrocity, their album Occult. Now, you may know Alexander Crowe from his symphonic metal act, Leaves Eyes. This is more straightforward melodic death metal and uh, features guest vocals from another friend of the podcast, Zoe Marie, uh, formerly of Insatia, on one of the tracks. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. I, I've also been listening to, uh, you'll love this, a Christian metal band called Herd. It's Christian Thrash, or Thrash as you like to call it, from their EP album called Crushing Demons. And then also been listening to a band called Machiage, which is a, uh, a Spanish-speaking heavy metal thrash band that's really awesome. Brian, on my MP3 player, I have the new release from death-inspired classic metalers Gruesome, their newest Twisted Prayers as well as Italian power metalers Frozen Crown, their release in February of this year, The Fallen King. And then just this week, Brian, two amazing albums, both of which have guitarists that I think are among the best that North America has to offer. Terror of the Cybernetic Space Monster by California power metal act Hillian Prime. They'll be released on August 27th. Nice. Featuring guitarist Jason Ashcraft, and Helium Prime's new singer, Sozos Michael, as well as The Sirens from Melodic Prog Metal Legends Into Eternity, due out on August 3rd, Guitar God Tim Roth, and featuring their new singer, Amanda Kiernan. Guitar God is the right word, man. I, I tell you what, they put out that new song, Fringes of Psychosis, it, it's been worth the wait, dude. I, I'm so excited about this. I can't wait to hear the entire album, man. And i got to put a special mention in here, dude. We, we, we talk about it all the time. We debate about it all the time. And you riff on them now because you hate the nostalgic part of metal. But you got to talk about Judas Priest's newest album, Firepower. They're doing what they do in an amazing way. And, and how you can not say you like this and say you like their older stuff just because it sounds the same, I just don't understand you, dude. Yeah, they should call this album Retro Power because it's the same old, same old. Uh, thank God, that's what I say. And, and you're a dick. I say that quite often. That's it for this debate. Don't forget to check out all our content by subscribing to The Great Metal Debate on SoundCloud, iTunes, or YouTube. And make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Until our next podcast, sell your soul for metal and defend it until your dying day. <laughs>